Dog Works Radio is sponsored by Alaska Dog Works. Check out their website at alaskadogworks.com. You can support this podcast on patreon.com forward slash firstpawmedia. Radio Free Palmer 89.5 KVRF presents Mushing Radio, hosted by Robert Forto. Mushing Radio is about dog-powered sports, living in the Great White North, and mushing. Visit our website at mushingradio.com. Here is your host, Robert Forto. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Robert Forto and you're listening to Mushing Radio here on KVRF 89.7 in the Matsu Valley. RadioFreePalmer.org is our live streaming site and you can hear all of our episodes over on DogWorksRadio.com. And I am joined today by my co-host, Tony Ryder, calling in from Kenai, Alaska. Tony, how's it going? Going pretty well. Um, I think fall is here or just about here. It's a little uh, fallish feeling out there, and all of my leaves are turning yellow. So I am ready to uh, start seeing all of the news that comes with the start of the training season. Yes, it is uh, getting a little bit cooler at night up here. It's still pretty dang hot during the day. Our dogs are definitely still sunbathing on top of their houses. But yes, fall is right around the corner, and that means mushing is right around the corner. And we have a bunch of updates to give. We're going to talk about a brand new show here on DogWorks Radio. We're going to update on the Yukon Quest. We're going to talk about... The stage stop, we got an email from uh, one of our fans and the race marshal of the show, Dan Carter. He sent over a nice email to us and a couple of other updates. So let's get started first, Tony, with some news about Iditarod. They had their membership meeting since we were on last, and uh, I guess that uh, you attended it somewhat before your internet crashed. What can you tell us about uh, the gist of the meeting, if you will. Sure. So um, the Iditarod membership meeting, that's for anybody that joins the ITC. So mushers, fans, volunteers, um, if you pay your dues, you're invited to the meeting. Um, and that's basically where the, the Iditarod gives their updates, uh, as well as talking about kind of Rob Erbach calls it his state of the union or state of the Iditarod. Um, and you also have, they, they recap what happened in the last year and where we are. Um, they give kind of a financial report and what the plans are for the future and how to sustain the race, um, which Rob touched on. And, and like you said, Robert, I missed most of the meeting because my internet did not work out too well. So um, I just basically have the cliff notes and the PowerPoint presentation that they gave um, Rob spent some time talking about the uh, 2022 race, which of course was the 50th running. And then it, he shows on his PowerPoint that um, in the gearing up for the 2023 race, uh, they're calling it the 50th anniversary because now it'll be 50 years by Diderod. Um, it'll be returning to the Southern route. Um, and then he's also promising enhanced insider coverage um, there will be hopefully more cameras, more live feeds, uh, continued coverage of the back of the pack, which we've seen in the last couple of years. 
Um, and then the new thing that um, was really interesting, and I'm really bummed that I did not actually get to listen in on this, was um, they do have a dog tracker program that they're working on. Um, and my understanding in talking to those that didn't have internet issues, um, they said that each dog on the Iditarod will have a tracker on them. I don't know if that means something similar to what we see on the sleds, um, if it's some sort of sophisticated microchip, or if it's like what you can buy on like Amazon where it's uh, on the collar and then you can track it on your phone. Um, but that is something that I know fans after the whole Leon debacle last year, um, I know that's something that fans have been asking for. And so that's a big deal. I wish, uh, I, like I said, I wish I had heard what the program was, um, but I'll definitely be keeping an ear open and maybe even uh, send Rob an email and ask him for a little clarification on that. Uh, he gave the State of the Union, which uh, focused mainly on fundraising and sponsorships and new initiatives. Um, he did give some information in the membership meeting that really wasn't supposed to be public as far as sponsors because they don't want to put a spotlight necessarily. And this is something I guess the sponsors themselves, you know, will we'll be quiet about it, but <laughs> we don't want to have certain groups emailing us all year long. So um, not something that's for public uh, knowledge, but he did give an, an update on sponsorships. Um, they also focused a lot on Doc Dogs, which uh, is what is the partnership with that sport where they're having dogs. I, I don't actually know a whole lot about uh, dog dogs. I know a couple of Iditarod mushers that have um, have started participating in the sport, um, but it's considered the world's premier canine aquatics competition this year. Iditarod Insider, uh, they got the rights to broadcast the dog dogs competitions, um, so they're still very um, into that. They feel that that's going to grow interest. Uh, in Iditarod by getting that fan base to follow Iditarod Insider and hopefully they're wanting to grow Doc Dogs by getting Iditarod fans involved in Doc Dogs. So, um, so we talked a little bit about that and he also talked about uh, the streaming platform that they were hoping to release I think this year because I remember him talking about it in the last membership meeting. Um, it's still called dogs and it's supposed to be like the Roku or Amazon Prime or Hulu, Netflix, whatever of um, of dog and canine streaming services. Everything from dog training to dog sports to dog breeds, uh, anything related to dogs. They're even hoping to stream movies about dogs, which he even listed the worst movie ever, which is where the Red Fern Grows, that movie and that book tore me up. That's a horrible movie. Don't ever let your children read or watch it. Um, <laughs> so talked a lot about that. Um, I know that that's something that he's really been excited about the last couple of years. It looks like he gave an update on Bitcoin, which I totally missed. So I, I can't really give a whole lot of detail and it really bothers me. Um, 
But it does, just looking at his PowerPoint, he did focus quite a bit on the streaming service that they're hoping to be like YouTube, Google, Wikipedia, and Facebook all in one. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, and we'll see when that comes to fruition. But yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely looking more fleshed out than what they had last year when they talked about it. Um, also talked about fighting to preserve the last great race on Earth. Um, and how they feel that these are the ways that they're going to do it. And then they gave an update on their strategic plan. Their mission is to serve, inspire, and grow the overall Iditarod community. The vision is to thrive in a world fully exposed to the Iditarod's passionate commitment to dog welfare and inspired by the resiliency, tenacity, and hyper-adaptivity of the last great race on Earth and their guiding principles, exemplary dog care, brand sustainability, and celebration of Alaska. So that was basically his his talk, and then he did do a question and answer, which I did get to hear some of that. Um, a lot of time was spent on how is the Iditarod planning to combat um, certain groups that are very anti the sport, anti the race, um, and Rob basically said what I think we've been waiting to hear him say and that, you know, the those groups, they are not trying to be honest. They are not trying to educate anyone. Uh, they're making money off of it and they're making a lot of money off of being anti the sport. Um, they don't truly care about the animals that they say they're trying to protect. They don't believe in any sort of animal husbandry. They don't even want you to have a pet dog on the couch getting fat and lazy or being completely healthy and skinny and active. Um, they don't want any human-animal relationships. And so there's really not a whole lot to combat them specifically. Um, and what Iditarod wants to continue to focus on is just putting out not just the best product and the best race in the world, but also to promote uh, exemplary dog care. Um, and showing that, you know, a happy, healthy dog is an active dog. And so, um, and that's me just kind of, uh, you know, summarizing it. That's not a direct quote or anything. Um, but it, he even shared a story about when he and Jeff King went and met with a certain organization. And, um, and while they were sitting there talking with the the person that they were talking with, uh, the organization was posting that, you know, all of the Iditarod dogs are killed after the race and that the CEO, Rob Erbach, is, you know, Satan not <laughs> on earth or whatever. So, um, you know, I, I think Rob now understands, as the rest of us do, that they're not um, honest people and they're, it's really just about the money for them. So, um, so that's basically the gist of the membership meeting. Um, I, I think what little I was able to gather, um, I think they're, they're really focused on what they were focused on last year as far as growing interest in the sport. Um, and we've hashed that out several times on the podcast this year. But um, overall, uh, I, I think members came away with positive things to say, um, but nothing really groundbreaking or earth shattering uh, was given at the meeting. 
Well, uh, Tony, that's one heck of a recap. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that, that's all right. That That's uh, one of the reasons why I wanted you to be on this show. You sort of have that insider knowledge that I don't have. And of course, uh, when Alex was on, he didn't have that either. So it really helps to give that uh, that insider stuff that we really like. Just a couple of quick points. Uh, I'm really excited about the streaming service. I think that's pretty cool, especially if they do movies. Of course, uh, I am a, a, a media geek and I, I love all that stuff. So I think that would be cool to to take another nine or 10 bucks out of my pocket a month to to subscribe to that. Secondly, I like the um, the trackers for the dogs. I just hope they don't mm-hmm. think, or I hope that fans don't think that there's going to be some way to track or follow that on the trail that could, I could just see that as a nightmare of having <laughs> a, a thousand, some little beeps uh, oh, on, on your, yep. on your iPhone screen or something that would be absolutely crazy, but it is a good way I think to, uh, to um, keep the dog safe, especially if it is something like mm-hmm. those hero collars or something like that, that they sell on mm-hmm. uh, online. I know those are very, very popular with, um, with the uh, you know the, the dog owning crowd itself, and lastly, uh, you had mentioned the insider offering more coverage, more cameras. I think that's cool. I know that that's a paid service, but anything is always better if there's more. And I think that will be cool to have, especially if they do some mm-hmm. uh, mid to back of the pack stuff. I think that will be really cool because we love hearing those stories. So again, thank you. For that, and we will transition over to talking about the uh, pedigree stage stop. As I mentioned, uh, we got an email from the race director. He was on our show sometime last year when we um, were doing interviews with uh, race directors and athletes and whatnot. And he sent us over a list as sort of a clarification. When you and I talked about the race last year, we were kind of scratching our heads and trying to figure out. Who in the world in Iditarod has what has run that race? And we kept coming back to Lance Mackey, you know, back and forth, because obviously he's top of mind when you think about Iditarod. But Tony, he sent over a list of probably 30 or 40 names. And I'm going to read these off because I think it really shows the transition of um, sprint mushing and stage stop racing and Iditarod and just how many people have done you know, more than one class. And I think that's really cool. And when I read this, this is truly a who's who of of Iditarod mushers. And I think you'll be surprised by some of the names on here. So bear with me. It's a long list, but it's sort of a curtain call, if you will, for uh, for mushing. Let's start off with Rick Swenson, Susan Butcher, Jeff King, Lance Mackey, Aaron Burmeister, Terry Adkins, Doug Swingley, Chris Adkins, Melanie Sharilla, Ken Anderson, Jock Phillip, Hans Gott, Greg Swingley, Tim White, Dan McEchin, Ray Gordon, Kizo Fontenso, I believe is how you say it, Billy Snodgrass, Bruce Lee, William Cledahan, Sam Perino, Shane Goosen, Art Church, Jesse Royer, Bob Holder, Tim Osmar, Libby Riddles, Sim Smith, Robin Jacobson, Bill Pinkham, Aaron Peck, Al Hardman, Michael Savlinsberg, Ross Adam, Susan Witten, Debbie, Debbie Motoro, Zach Steer, 
Bush Church, Matt Hayashida, Rachel Skadoris, Martin Koenig, Scott Smith, Warren Palfey, John Schandelmeyer, Mark Stam, Matt Welk, Gwen Holdman, Kate Davis, Dan Carter, Lloyd Gilbertson, Steve Matson, John Wood, Jerry Willemeitzer, Herman Mecarera, I believe is how you say that, Charlie Bolding, Charlie Bolding, Kirk Barnum, Tim Hunt, John Barron, Dave DeCaro, Newton Marshall, Ryan Reddington, Matt Rossi, James Wheeler, Laura Dragano, Dar- Dargano, I believe is how you say it, Andrew Letzing, and Monica Zappa. Boy, that is one heck of a list. Did you know all those guys that ran that race? Um, I recognized a lot of names. I was really, when you said like Charlie Bolding I, and just some of the um, quote unquote old timers that are on the list, that, that's incredible. Um, it just, yeah, I mean, growing up, I don't remember races that were run outside of Alaska being covered at all. It doesn't mean that they weren't. I just don't remember them being in like the forefront. Um, especially like if Susan Butcher was running, I mean, I don't know when she ran, but, uh, I would have thought that that would have stuck in my mind, but I was also really young when she was racing. I'm going to use that as my excuse. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's so cool to hear some of those names and then realize, you know what, they haven't run Iditarod or, or really they haven't raced in years now. And, um, I'm starting to feel old. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's a really cool list and I've I've always really liked this race, the stage stop. It's on my bucket list to to go down there and run it one of these days and I think it's a a really cool way to give back to the mushing community because it goes through so many towns and villages and you know, that it's not only a a big time race, but it's also a great way to to showcase the sport, even though it is a mm-hmm. stage race compared to I did a rod or even a sprint race. I think it really helps our sport grow for sure. So that is our long list of Iditarod competitors that have run the stage stop. Now let's talk a little bit about the Yukon Quest. What do you know? <laughs> well, they came out. The Yukon Quest Alaska came out um, and announced that they are hosting a sign-up day and volunteer party uh, to be part of the 2023 racing season. The sign-up day uh, is going to be Saturday at 11 a.m. at the Yukon Quest headquarters in Fairbanks. Um, There will be in-person sign-up incentive drawings, a silent auction, and lots of door prizes, food, and drinks. So if you're in the Fairbanks area, go check it out. It's Sounds like it's going to be a lot like what we see with Iditarod Musher signups. Um, they also announced the purses for each uh, race that they're running. They're running three races uh, next February, February 4th. Um, the feature race is the 550 mile race, and that will have a $100,000 purse. Um, and then they are still tentative. They've got rules, but they're tentative. They're not, uh, they've not been officially approved um and they also have a tentative uh race map uh where they're hoping to start in Fairbanks and end in Toke very similar to what they had planned this last year and then weather kind of threw them off course a bit uh the second race will be the qualifying 300 mile race 
uh, it starts in Fairbanks uh, and will follow the traditional Yukon Quest Trail to Circle City and then come back to Central to finish. Um, the, they give an entry fee uh, for that race, it's $500, and the purse will be the total of all the entry fees. For both the 550 and the 300 mile, they're capping the roster at 25 mushers for each race. Uh, the third race is called a fun run, and it's 80 miles, and it'll be uh, from Fairbanks to Two Rivers, uh, and then they will stop for six hours and then run back to Fairbanks. Uh, this race will include junior mushers and is limited to the first 30 mushers to sign up, uh, and it's subject to the Yukon Quest's approval, just like with the other two races. Um, the entry fee is $100, and they say the top three finishers will receive trophies at the finishers banquet on February 12th. Um, they also noted at the very end that they are looking forward to providing a slate of races for the 2024 season, and that they've had they've recently had great conversation with the president of the Yukon Quest Canada. Um, so they it sounds like there's some positive stuff happening. Uh, between the two entities. I don't know what that necessarily means for the future, but at least they're talking. Yeah, and I think that's that's a great idea to to have that going on. And we've talked a lot about mm -hmm. the Yukon Quest in the offseason. And as they say in their release, this racing season will be a pivotal time for the future of long-distance racing in Alaska and the world. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a, a really spot-on statement. Uh, we have a heck of a lot on our plates uh, in, in myriad areas, and I think that uh, this is just one small part of our societal interest in dog mushing, and I think uh, if these guys can get along and bring back <laughs> the Yukon Quest as we know it, it's going to be great for the mushing world. Also, uh, Tony, there has been another announcement for an early entry period, and that is for the Canadian Challenge. We're going to talk about their podcast in just a second, but uh, they also are accepting entries. Is that right? Yeah, I believe they started um, taking on entries on the 1st of August, um, and the last tweet that I got from them, they said that they already had quite a few uh, for the first day. Um, and then also, just as an aside, Montana's Race to the Sky also opened on the 1st of August for musher signups. So it is definitely that time of year for the mid-distance races to um, start opening up. It, it starts in August, goes through October is when we'll see um, some of the other ones really start pushing their races. But uh, it's 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 mushing season. I'm going to call it, it's our preseason. It's our preseason right now. It is our preseason. And we talk a lot about uh, the, the uh, transference of different professional sports here on this show. And for football fans, you know that this is also preseason. All of the teams are in camp and the first game is Thursday. It will be right after mm -hmm. this share, this show drops. So football is also on the slate. So it is definitely becoming a year-long sport, uh, dog mushing is. Uh, I didn't think that we were going to have enough to talk about all year long here on, on Mushing Radio when we decided to do this as a bi-weekly show. We've done this uh, sporadically throughout the year over the last several years where we'd have interviews with mushers or athletes or race directors or whatever, but those were sort of hit and miss. We weren't on any 
a firm schedule uh, as we are now. But we've had a lot of news come up, and uh, we've broke mm-hmm. a few stories, and I think we're doing pretty good. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I don't think we've gone through even half of your fluff list that you came up with just as kind of a, this is what we can talk about when news is slow, but news hasn't really been slow, and I think it helps that we are biweekly because if we were weekly, I think it would feel a little slower in the summertime. Right, and speaking of biweekly, uh, a brand new show is going to be hosted on our Dogworks Radio feed, the same place where you're listening to this show right now. Uh, if you're listening on the radio, you can subscribe to our show on any of the podcast apps, po- uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, iHeart, or whatever for those listening locally here in Alaska. But if you're listening otherwise, make sure you hit that subscribe button because we have a brand new show that is by the folks uh, at the Canadian Challenge. It's called the Canadian Challenge Tales, and it's hosted by Dan Kirkup. He is the race director and I believe the president of the Canadian Challenge race. And he did his first show with me. It was his first ever podcast. He had never done a podcast before in his life. And he admitted that he was pretty dang nervous when we recorded but uh, he did a pretty good job, and he has really put a lot on his plate for this show. Not only is he hosting the show, but he's also doing all the editing. He's doing all the uh, tracking down guests. He's asking all the questions, all of that. He is doing everything except distributing the show and promoting it on social media. They have a great social media person there at the Canadian mm-hmm. Challenge that does a great job but I have to commend Dan Kirkup for his uh, his foray into podcasting. He's pretty much in the same boat as you, and I know he is a big <laughs> fan of this show. What can you tell Dan now that you have a heck of a lot of podcasting experience under your belt? Give us a tip or two that we can pass along to Dan. <laughs> the nerves never go away, but, um, you know, it's, it's all about the, the support of a co-host, um, you know, and that's something that you and, and Alex, who talked me into this last year and then left me, um, you know, that was something that you guys have been pushing me to, to get out of my comfort zone and do this for quite a while. And uh, it's a lot of fun, you know, we're, we're talking about something that we really are passionate about. Um, whether you're a musher or you're a race official or a fan, um, it, this is something that brings us all together. And it's because we all love dogs and we love to see dogs do what they love to do. And um, so it makes it easy. And, and as long as, you know, you just kind of look at it as just sitting across the table, talking, uh, talking shop, talking dogs with, with a friend, then it makes it a little bit easy. Yeah, and they're going to do an interview show, and they hope to have a bunch of the folks that are are signing up right now to be on as interviews. And I guess they already have a couple in the in the bag, so to speak. He sent me over a message just the other day and said, had a great first show on my own. It ended up being so long, I think I'm going to break it into a two-parter. So nice. kudos to Dan. He's doing his thing, and we're we're excited to have another bi-weekly mushing podcast. I think that uh, the more the merrier, and I'm happy to uh, to share the wealth, if you will, because there just isn't a lot of weekly or bi-weekly talk about the sport for sure. 
Tony, before mm-hmm. we close, is there anything else that we forgot to mention? Uh, I don't think so. I think we hit on the big topics with, you know, Iditarod and, and the Quest bringing up their stuff. And then, of course, Canadian Challenge. So, um, you know, I think it's going to get busier now that we're getting into the cooler temperatures and teams are going to start training. So uh, this last little hurrah of summer is coming to a close pretty quickly. It is. It has been a quick summer, and before you know it, the snow will fly and the races will be upon us. Tony, thank you very much for joining us today. And on behalf of my co-host, this is Robert for Mushing Radio. We will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Here's to the adventure-seeking dog mushers out there, the hundreds of you who stand on the runners dreaming and thinking about the northern lights. Of course, there is something else you can do if you've got something to say. Start a podcast with First Paw Media and harness your creative side. Maybe even earn enough money, enough money to tell yourself, hey, I'm not just a dog musher, I'm a rover, I'm a wanderer, I'm a voyager, I'm an explorer. Visit firstpaw.media. Mush on over today. From DogWorks Radio, this is Mushing Radio. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. You can tap or swipe on the episode cover art, and you'll see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you could give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe, too. Your hosts are Alex Stein and Robert Forto. Our producer is Robert Forto, created for DogWorks Radio. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 